Hey everyone, T here. Apologies yet again for no new show, but I promise you, we will return. We've actually recorded Red Sea Diving Resort, but I wanted to get these pesky clip shows out of the way first. We will be back to our old schedule, starting with a new episode of Two Guys, a Movie, and a Podcast, starting January 15th. This week's clip show includes our spoiler-free thoughts on Henry Poole is here, Pretty in Pink, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Valkyrie, Blue Ruin, Kung Fu Hustle, Green Room, and District 9. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Two Guys, a Movie and a Podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched, or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care that much. And as always, I'm Malcolm. You can call me Mac or the other guy. It never really matters. This week we're talking about the 2008 Henry Poole is Here. A terminally ill man's self-imposed exile is interrupted by a fortuitous miracle and a clash with his eccentric, meddling neighbors. This film stars Luke Wilson, Rada Mitchell, Adriana Barraza, George Lopez, Cheryl Hines, and Morgan Lilly. Can you say that again? Adriana what? <laughs> uh, Adriana, bite me. <laughs> It's got other people in the cast. They're not that notable. I, I mentioned Cheryl Hines. She's actually in it for like two minutes. This film has a user rating on IMDb of 6.5 out of 10. That is out of almost 12,000 ratings, so not a whole lot. It has a Metacritic score of 44. That is out of 25 critic reviews. And it has a runtime of 1 hour and 39 minutes. So there you have it. There's all the necessary information. I think you're probably done. I think you're probably tired of listening to me. There's really only one reason anybody listens to this show. And that is... That is something something special. It starts with an M. And it ends with an ACK. What are your thoughts on oh, this? Oh, me. <laughs> yeah, you're M. Oh, ACK. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to fit other letters to see what it would be. <laughs> For starters, I don't like Luke Wilson. <sighs> of course you don't. <laughs> of course you don't. Because he's related to Owen Wilson. <sighs> you don't like Owen Wilson either? No. Oh, oh my God. Absolutely not. They're like my two favorite Wilsons. They're brothers. Yeah, I know. Isn't there a third one? I don't know. I think his name's Henry. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, Henry Poole, Henry Wilson. All right. Anyways, I did not like it. I had I watched it like, I broke it up <laughs> because I couldn't really follow what was going on. At first I thought, at first I thought I had an idea of what the movie was going to be about. And I was like, okay, you know, this kind of falls in line with what we've been doing. And then it just it went. A totally different direction. So I was like, what? <laughs> Out of 10, I'd probably give it a 5. That's because George Lopez is in it. <laughs> <laughs> if he wasn't, it'd probably be a 4. Oh, man. And he doesn't even really play that big of a part <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I'm going to say a 5. 
and like I said, it's not that it was like a horrible movie. It's just I was thrown off. <laughs> so, <laughs> which made me not enjoy it as much. Kind of a different story, I guess. We haven't done a lot of movies that had to do with like religion. <laughs> and I guess this one's not necessarily like big on it. It just, I don't know. Uh, fair enough this is uh this must be what it was like when mac heard me not liking mr church yes (laughs) (laughs) because i absolutely adore this movie i'm a pretty big luke wilson fan i also like owen wilson i don't like george lopez i won't hold him against this movie because he's only in it for a little bit and he is actually pretty good in this movie. Yeah. All right, let's get this out of the way, first of all. I hate Christian movies. I absolutely hate wow. Christian movies. Way to lob that one. That was, <laughs> that was a fastball. I don't hate Christians. I don't hate Christ or any religion in particular. But you people out there making Christian movies, you make bad movies. I've seen many Christian movies in my time. So many times. <laughs> so many times. I feel like they're poorly written, poorly produced, poorly acted, and they tend to leave you feeling like you just stepped out of church for a special mass. My gold standard for Christian movies that I don't like is God's Not Dead. Have you ever seen God's Not Dead? No. Yeah, you're not missing much. I heard they came out with the second one. There is a second one. I didn't... I have not watched that one. But... God's Not Dead is like the epitome of Christian movies. It has slightly higher production values than many, and it does star Kevin Sorbo. Who? Oh, God damn. Who was Kevin Sorbo? Kevin Sorbo was Sorbo. Sorbo. (laughs) He was Hercules. In the 90s, there was a TV show called Hercules. It was a terrible show, but it starred this muscle-bound man... Named Kevin Sorbo. And he was Hercules. And it was really bad. But I do kind of cherish that show. And it's a horribleness. As something. I think that says a lot about you. (laughs) As something that was just. Just cheesy. Cheesy, cheesy fun. Anyways. Well, I mean shows back then were. Yes. I mean this was like exceptionally. Exceptionally cheesy. Well, I was watching a, I was watching a video. It was a clip of like the old Hulk, Hulk show. Yeah. He's like sitting in the courtroom, and then they're all like ganging up on him, telling him to answer the question. You could just see these really bad like green contacts. The guys <laughs> wearing. <laughs> and then it just looks like they inflated like some muscle green suit. <laughs> Welcome back to Two Guys, a Movie, and a Podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched, or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler, you can call me T, I don't really care one way or another. And as always, I'm Malcolm, you can call me Mac, either one's fine, but I don't care. This week we're taking a look back, we're taking a trip back in time to the the year 1986, we're going to be talking about what some people might call a classic, I use classic in air quotes, we're going to be talking about Pretty in Pink. This movie has a runtime of one hour, 
37 minutes, an IMDb score of 6.8, that's out of about 66,000 ratings, and a Metacritic score of 57, and that is out of 12 reviews. Of course, this movie came out long before Metacritic and IMDb were a thing, so take those scores for whatever they're worth. When was it made? What year? 1986. Oh, even before I was made. Yes, before you were made. Wow. A couple years after I was made. Wow. All right. This is uh, this is my mom's request. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mac's mom for picking the 80s teen movie. <laughs> I'll try not to be too harsh, and I, I hope you still like me when we are all done with this, because... Boy, I do not like eighties movies. She wanted to be here. She actually wanted to be on this episode. Oh man! If and we if we had a third mic, I definitely would have. I know. And she, well, she had she had stuff going on oh. in Norfolk t- this weekend. So, ah, oh. well, if she if she ever wants to, if she if for some reason you decide to do like a sixteen candles or a Breakfast Club for in her honor, <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go ahead and do the Netflix synopsis here real quick before we. Get moving on. A working class misfit Andy thinks her dreams have come true when rich, popular Blaine asks her to prom in this coming-of-age classic from John Hughes. It stars Molly Ringwald, Harry Dean Stanton, John Cryer, and Andrew McCarthy, and of course, James Spader. I didn't see, and when I watched it again, I was like, oh look, that's the guy from The Blacklist. <laughs> We're going to be doing things a little bit different this week. We're changing our format up a little bit. First half, spoiler-free, as always, going to be just about the same. Second half is going to be coming at you on Wednesday, as usual, and it will be a little bit different. We're not going to be going through it scene by scene as we have been. We're going to be having more of a general, more casual conversation. We're going to see how it works. I was telling Mac just a minute ago that I'm kind of nervous of the change. We're going to see how it works. We're going to see if it goes okay. We're hoping to make the show just a little more digestible, maybe a little bit shorter and a little easier to listen to, which is what I meant by the word digestible. And okay, and uh, we're going to give it a go. So hopefully, if this is your first time listening, hopefully, uh, hopefully you don't. Hopefully we do good. Also, if you haven't already, I strongly recommend. Going back beyond the Henry Poole episode and going to the three-month retrospective episode, it's an excellent, excellent discussion. It has nothing to do with any movie in particular, but is a great way to catch up on the show in case you don't want to go listen to our back catalog. And let's face it, listening to our back catalog is not that great of an (laughs) idea because we didn't know what we were doing. But the three-month retrospective, it will certainly fill you in. It'll give you an idea of what we've done, how far we've come, and all that fun stuff. So, with all that junk out of the way, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and give it to Mac. Mac, what are your what are your thoughts on on Pretty in Pink? I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> I give this movie like a five, and there's no negotiating. This this is a five. I won't argue with the that. plot. I mean, it's not like there's a deep plot to it. It's a fun movie, for sure. I mean, if that's what it was like in the <laughs> 80s, I don't know. <laughs> it had its funny moments. It had its boring moments. But I would say if you have nothing else to watch, 
this would be my first recommendation to watch. <laughs> like I said, I did this for my mom. So yeah, and seeing like I've never seen The Breakfast Club, like ever. Oh man, I've seen Sixteen Candles, but never The Breakfast Club. So yeah, about a five. I'll leave it there. Okay, pass it back to you. All right. <laughs> I think we have established multiple times now that I don't like the eighties. I don't like the seventies. I don't like the sixties. Fifties, I'm generally okay with. Nineties, I'm okay with. <laughs> and two thousands and up, I'm I'm much better with. I don't like. I just don't like the. I don't like eighties fashions. There's two things that come from the eighties that I enjoy as far as movies go. Movies, and this is true of any generation. Movies that take place. Like, if it's an 80s movie, I like it. I'm usually okay if it takes place in, like, like the 20s or 50s. Or if it takes place in the future. So, like, Back to the Future? Yeah. Okay. Other than that, like, most 80s movies, I don't like. Like, 80, most 80s movies that take place in the 80s, I just don't like them. I don't like the style of, I don't. I think 80s people just look horrible. Wow. I'm not like, look, I'm not saying I'm a great looking dude. I'm not saying that I have a great amount of fashion sense. I'm sitting here wearing a t shirt with covered in comic book characters. And does it say trust me? It's a, I think it says, it says, trust me, I'm a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying I have the world's greatest fashion sense, nor have I ever had the world's greatest fashion sense. But it doesn't mean that I want to see other people with crappy fashion sense. Well, I mean, what about it was so crappy? I just hate 80s fashion, like, so much. Like, the hair, the, like, all the, cre- like, all the bracelets and all the... All that was, I mean, the 90s were, like, the same thing. No, no, no. 90s were a little bit different. They had crazy hair, bracelets. It was all neon, retro. There was a lot of neon in the <laughs> 90s. I won't, I won't argue with that, but there... There is a distance. There is a difference between eighties and nineties. You had people wearing their clothes backwards in the nineties. This is true. This is true. I think somewhere, my mom has a picture of my brother, who was a big fan of the band of the the band Crisscross. Their trademark was wearing their clothes yeah. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom has a picture of my brother, somewhere wearing with one of his best friends, and they're wearing their clothes all backwards. I hated crisscross. I always thought the backwards thing was really dumb. So even the 90s can't escape my my rage Jeez. at some times. If it doesn't take place, like, I just don't like things recorded in the 80s. What about the 50s the did you like? I like the, I like the style of the 50s. I like people, like, if I could dress like a 50s person every day, I'd probably, I'd be okay with that. Was that like the dust bowl type stuff? No. The Great... That was like the, great, was like the 20s. The Great Depression? That was like the 30s. Oh. It's like the Dust Bowl in the dirty 30s. Okay. 50s is like... is It's just like people had class in the 50s. And then 60s and 70s, people were like growing their hair long and like wearing long, flowy, hippie things. And I will say this, though. I do like movies on occasion that are filmed like present day that maybe take place in the 60s or 70s, on occasion. It's rare. Like Forrest Gump. Okay. That was a good movie. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. 
It's an okay fair movie. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep this going here, though. So we've established that 60s through 80s, not my, not usually my thing. I don't like teen movies in general, regardless of what era they come from, whether it's 80s, 90s, 2000s, or today. And when I was watching this, I was kind of thinking, do they still make teen movies like this? I think like High School Musical was like the last one. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'd say. All right. But again, that was like a musical. This one wasn't really a right. musical. <clears throat> right. I remember even like in like the nineties there was a handful of teen movies. There was like she's like she's all that or Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. And like like maybe even early into the early two thousands. Like you kinda of start getting like American Pie movies. Well, in the early two thousands, Disney had a lot of like their, uh, their movies like, uh, I'm trying to think of one. I can't remember <laughs> now. Anyways, I feel like they okay. had well, cheaper oh. by the dozen was coming okay. Up. Yeah, it's probably like when they had like a lot of like Hillary Duff movies yeah, and stuff like that's that. That's what I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like this particular. I feel like teen movies, like they they were really big, certainly in the '80s when you had. Like, like all the Brat Pack stuff, and I don't know what all movies are considered Brat Pack, but I know this is one of them. Uh, probably Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, which I've seen. For for somebody that hates the Breakfast Club, I've seen it a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably a good good amount of why I hate that movie. Uh, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I don't think that's considered Brat Pack, but. Uh, I hate Ferris Bueller's Day. It's definitely one of the top 80, 80s movies, it is. I'd say. It is. It's very popular. Anyways, I just don't, I'm just i not a big fan of teen movies in general, regardless of the year. I will say there are some parts of this that I did enjoy. Oh, and 80s music. You know what? I freaking hate 80s music so much. That's a bold statement. <laughs> there's, there's two bands from the 80s that I will always listen to, and that's Depeche Mode and The Cure. Outside of them... I hate the vast majority of 80s music. Wow. So much. Those are like fighting where you're going to get us hurt. <laughs> so much. And Def Leppard? Oh, God. No. Queen? No. I don't oh. even like Queen. I don't a lot of, like, Queen is like sacred ground to so many people, but I, I hate Queen. The only reason I wanted to see Bohemian Rhapsody was because it was an Oscar nomination. And when I lost interest in the Oscars this past season, I like. I decided I wasn't going to watch it. Now I will probably never watch it, and that's okay. I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm I can live with that. It's upstairs. I can. I can. <laughs> no, lend, I can I, lend no, it to you. It's okay. I don't even want to see it for free. Is it good? It was good. I mean, I knew nothing about Queen. <laughs> like, I, I didn't really care, but <laughs> it was a good watch. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this movie, all these movies, they're so full of full of the 80s music, the 80s hairstyles, the crazy earrings, the crazy bracelets, the the general style. Uh, there are some things about it that I do enjoy. Out of all the 80s movies that Mac or Mac's mom could make me watch, this is probably one of the more tolerable ones. I'd take this over like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or Breakfast Club, or certainly over 16 Candles. All that being said, I give this movie a three. Wow. I just, I just, oh, God. 
when Mac told me that uh, he was picking picking this movie, I believe my exact words were like, "Oh God, <laughs> okay." <laughs> and and that was in text form, so it was probably kind of hard to gauge my reaction. But I feel like Mac knew uh, yeah. exactly how I was saying it. <laughs> if I grew up in the '80s, I probably would have loved these movies, but I didn't, so I don't. Damn '90s kids. <laughs> but but, uh, but still, like I said, I don't I don't really like a whole lot of '90s teen movies either. I've seen all those '90s teen movies. Many of them I even saw in theaters, <laughs> but I don't think I ever walked out of the theater thinking. That was a great movie. Perfect. <laughs> we'll get to the rest of it come spoiler time. I will say this. John Cryer is awesome in this movie. Kind of makes me feel bad for the uh, dumpster fire of a, of a career that that he, he led once he got onto Two and a Half Men. But uh, he's awesome in this movie. Molly Ringwald, she's okay. I mean, she's Molly Ringwald. She's always the same person. James Spader, don't know why he's always an ass, but he's always an ass. This is true. Blaine, Andrew McCarthy, I think this is the only thing I know Andrew McCarthy from. And he was okay too. So cast, mixed bag. John Cryer is the reason I would watch this. In fact, if you just made a super cut of just the John Cryer parts, I feel like I could give that a five or six maybe even. But because I have to sit through all the Molly Ringwald parts <laughs> and all the David, uh, all the James Spader parts, it's it's got to be it. It's got to be it. Welcome back to Two Guys, a movie and a podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched, or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care. And as always, I'm Malcolm. You can call me Mac, but it really doesn't matter. Now this week, we're talking about a movie that I hold near and dear to my heart. Very, very near and dear to my heart. Sadly. We're talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. This movie has a runtime of one hour and 28 minutes. Has a Metacritic score of 65, that's out of 23 reviews, and currently sits on IMDb at 7.5, that's out of roughly 152,000 ratings. It stars Tyler Labine, Alan Tudyk, Katrina Bowden, and Jesse Moss, among others, but everybody else is pretty much disposable. And so if you are interested in all those names... By all means, go to Netflix or go to IMDb and, and check it out yourself. Expecting to relax at their vacation cabin, two backwoods boys see their trip turn into a nightmare when they're accused of being psychotic killers. Now, we've got all that fun stuff out of the way. Oh, God. We've got some disagreements tonight, but that's okay. That's okay. Mac? What? Oh, you you yeah. want me to go first? Always do. We always we always start with you. Okay. Well, look, just flat out, <laughs> I hated it. The movie was dumb. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Two wow. out of ten. That's a, mm, fair enough. <laughs> because <laughs> it made me laugh two times. Two major times. Okay. Well, when we get to the spoilers, I'm I'm really looking forward 
to what parts made you laugh. But uh, we'll save that for the spoilers. Okay. Aside from a low score, what are your what are your general thoughts on it? I mean, there's... Was, well, come on. You got you have to have some complaints okay. about it. If, if you're Look, giving it a two, I, I want to know why you're giving it a two. It didn't have a plot. There was, like, no plot. For one. Camera work? Eh. Mm, eh. I disagree with you on both of those, but... Maybe not. Oh, yeah, the plot's a little thin. I get, I give you that. <laughs> like <laughs> angel hair noodle. Thing. <laughs> the actors were just horrible. Horrible acting. No, no I'm going to disagree with you on that one too. Uh, you're going to disagree with me on everything. I'm going to disagree with you on everything, but that's okay. It's all right. It's all. It's uh, part of the show. It just. You did it despite me. I did not. I <laughs> I legitimately thought you were going to like this. Everybody I know. Likes this movie. Even my wife that doesn't like horror movies or slasher movies or anything of the ultra-violence sort. I will say, I believe one of the big reasons I did not like it is because I've seen too many movies like it. Not exactly. Not, I mean, not scene for scene by any means. But, I mean, you got Shaun of the Dead. And then it's not a zombie movie. <laughs> Right. Apparently. <laughs> it's like the same kind of comedy. Yeah. And it wasn't funny. But it was funny. Like, <laughs> I guess, like, Scary Movie 1 was funny. I feel like Scary Movie 1 was probably funny in, like, the early 2000s. I'm sure this movie but was I funny. I don't think... When was this made? I don't... You know, I, don't this, think, I don't think I even mentioned what year it was. I, I think, think it was 2018. 2010. 2010. Oh, off. Yes, you were eight years off. <laughs> I I watched this like back in two thousand and probably two thousand. So back in two thousand and ten, I'm sure it was funny. <laughs> but now I don't even know why it has such a high score on IMDb. Uh, because it's a awesome movie. I bet you went on there and voted sixty <laughs> times. How many votes was there? Sixty. Two hundred one hundred and fifty two thousand. Oh, it was over a hundred and fifty two thousand. I rounded. That was all you. That was all me. <laughs> I like you said, this is what makes it, you know, for a great show because <laughs> obviously you didn't like As Above, So Below. Yes, this is true. This is true. You didn't like Mr. Church. No, I did not. I didn't like Pottersville. Neither one of us liked Pottersville. I think we both gave Pottersville the same score. I thought you had already seen it, though. Hmm? I thought you had already seen Pottersville. No. If I had seen Pottersville, I wouldn't have picked Pottersville. <laughs> Was it a perfect day? A uh, perfect day? I liked it more than you, but you still gave it, I think you gave it like a seven. Oh, it was Bird Box. We both hated Bird Box. Oh. Both gave it a four. Uh, I think it was the last movie I picked. Henry Poole. Yeah, but that was way better than this. <laughs> that was like <laughs> ten times better than this. Anyways, look, I didn't like it, but, <laughs> you know, it's going to be like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Once your mom figures out how to listen to Pretty in Pink, if she can forgive me for for ragging on it so much, then I think I can forgive you for ragging on this beautiful, beautiful movie. <laughs> I bought pizza for you. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why now. <laughs> like, Tyler made me sit through this terrible movie. I'm going to give him pizza. It's because I'm a good host. <laughs> you gave it a, you said two? Two. Okay. And it wasn't really because it only made me laugh two times. <laughs> that is that is the lowest score we've we have reached 
the lowest I've ever gone was a three. three. And I think that was as above, so below. Yes. And pretty in pink. You give it a three? I gave it a three. I thought you went lower than that. No, pretty sure it was a three. Oh, okay. <laughs> My general spoiler-free thoughts on this movie. I freaking love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. Everybody I know, except for Mac, loves this movie. I have forced many a people to watch this movie. And they all thank me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar, like Max said, it's very similar to the uh, the other horror comedies. Like it's it's very comparable to like Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movies. Like uh, you know, like I said, it's not a zombie movie, right? But it's kind of a parody, and it's a buddy comedy. So it's a lot. Of, it's like. It's like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or World's End or I don't know if I would I don't know if I'd call it like Paul <laughs> because Paul was like a completely different kind of yeah. buddy comedy. I won't say that all the acting is great in this movie. I will say that I think the th- the the title characters Tucker and Dale I think that they are awesome. I think Alan Tudyk as Tucker is awesome. You've seen Dodgeball, unfortunately. I think he's the guy that plays the dude, the pirate. Might be. I mean, he just looked, he looked the same, I guess. (laughs) Might be. Alan Tudyk is a legend that just nobody knows about. He is. He is in all sorts of things. I I was, I think he's like, like you hear his voice in a lot of things. You just don't realize it. He shows up in a lot of things. Not everything is great. Mac will even, well, Mac apparently, Mac obviously doesn't think this is great. But like he was in Powerless which was a terrible, terrible NBC comedy that took place in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And he was horrible in it. <laughs> God, it was so bad. I think it lasted one season. I don't even know if it lasted. I don't even know if it made it all the way through its first season. But it was really, really bad. It was just about regular people living in a world where superheroes like Batman and Superman existed. But it was a comedy. Sounds pretty lame. It was pretty lame. <laughs> but I will say this. I think he is is perhaps the most underrated part of Disney's Moana. And I blame The Rock on his lack of recognition for his brilliant role in Disney's Moana. Have you ever seen Moana? No. You're missing out. That is that is a wonderful movie. Is it though? It is. It is such a good movie. Like, is it? How good is it? Well, I don't know anymore. Do you think it had <laughs> because, a... <laughs> because clearly we don't have the same taste in movies. Okay, but <laughs> did it have as much of an impact as Frozen? Frozen hit pretty hard. Frozen, yeah, people loved Frozen. I don't like Frozen. I don't like Frozen. I don't like Frozen. I'd put it up there with like Toy Story, any other Toy Story movies. Do you not like the Toy Story movies? You don't like the Toy Story movies. <laughs> Those are three of my favorite movies, and I'm really excited for I only like the first one. Okay. Well. Wait. No, because the second one was when, uh, what's the girl cowboy's name? Cowboy. Jesse. I think yeah. it's Jesse. That's the second one, right? Yeah. When they get to introduce. That was a good one. Okay. Third, they should have stopped at two. Oh, no. Third one was so sad, though. Yeah. That's why it was great, because it was sad. The fourth one? Not <laughs> excited. So excited. It's about a spork. Which is awesome. Because, why? Because that is exactly what my daughter does. My daughter, like, will make toys oh. out of random things. And then she will, like, teach them. Like, 
Like she'll like set them down in like a pretend classroom and teach them stuff. Well, I mean, for so yeah, it's so it's like it's like yeah, that's awesome. I'm not gonna go see it, but if the kids <laughs> want to go see it, I'll do the damn anyways, thing. Anyways, anyways, Moana, <laughs> just Alan Tudyk, one of the best parts of Moana, completely overshadowed by The Rock. And if you're wondering who Alan Tudyk was in Moana, I'll tell you right now. Cause you probably don't even realize it. All you listeners out there, all nine or ten of you. You don't realize it, but he was the voice of Hey Hey, the stupid chicken that literally had no words. <laughs> he just made sounds, and it was awesome. He's like one of the best parts of the movie. I wouldn't know. Nah, clearly. You don't know good things, though. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Alan Tudyk. I love Alan Tudyk. I, I've, I've seen him in a handful of things. And this is my favorite thing of his. He's so animated. He like, like Mac doesn't think he's a good actor, and that's fine. I think he's an awesome actor here because he gets so into the role, <laughs> like, like seeing him pour beer on his face for for bee stings. And we'll get to that in spoilers. Or there's a point where he's trying to call out to all these college kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, Oh man. Oh gosh. So much so much love for Alan Tudyk in this movie. Tyler Labine. I like Tyler Labine. He's kind of overshadowed by Tudyk because Tudyk is like is made to be more crazy and animated mm. where uh Dale's character uh, Labine's character Dale is made to be he's supposed to be a timid hillbilly. Which is that's the whole point right. point of his character is he's a timid hill, hillbilly. He's just so lovable and goofy, but unfortunately, unfortunately, he is overshadowed by by Alan Tudyk, and that's more of a writing problem, I think, than an acting problem. I've seen him in a few other things. Uh, he had a very small part in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It's more of a dramatic role, and it really wasn't anything special. Is he the one that start, uh, gets sick? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> uh, also I had just a... played that back in my mind. I was like, oh. Also had a short-lived series on Fox, I think it was, Sons of Tucson. It was good. It, it lasted like one season, and one season was enough, but it was good. It, it used to be on Netflix. It's it's worth a watch if you're, if, if you're, I mean, if you're looking for something kind of funny. Mac probably wouldn't think it was funny. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny, though. Katrina Bowden, the girl that played Allie, or Allison, she was okay. She wasn't really anything special. She didn't really need to be anything special. She, <laughs> she just, she just needed to be. They just needed a a hot a hot woman character. And Jesse Moss, the guy that plays Chad, who ultimately is the villain of the piece, he's okay. There's nothing special about him. Ninety percent of the reason that I love this, as far as the the cast goes, is Alan Tudyk. Just because he gosh, he just gets so into it, like whether he whether he's running around with a chainsaw in his hand or or, or screaming for college kids or there's there's a part towards the end we'll get into again we'll get to the spoilers soon enough but there's a part towards the end that I think he does really good into my score for this movie my score is a perfect ten wow it's a perfect ten I freaking love this movie so oh God. much oh man I like. The first time I watched it, I watched it, and I thought it was so great. I watched it again the next day, 
and I didn't even have a podcast back then to have a reason to watch it twice. <laughs> and then, like three days later, we were hanging out at a friend's house, and we were all playing some board games, and when we were done with the board games, we were like, yeah, let's watch a movie. And someone suggested um, American Werewolf in Paris, or London, whichever the old one was. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I got, I got exactly what you guys want to watch. And I, and I commandeered the Netflix and I turned on Tucker and Dale versus evil. And like the 10 people in that room that watched it, maybe it wasn't 10. It was probably like six, (laughs) (laughs) but like the six people in that room that watched it, they absolutely loved it. Welcome back to Two Guys, a Movie, and a Podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched, or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care one way or another. And as always, I'm Malcolm. You can call me Mac. It never really matters. This week we're talking about Valkyrie. This comes from 2008. It has an IMDb rating of 7.1 out of 10. That's out of roughly 212,000 ratings and a Metacritic score of 56. That is out of 36 critic reviews. It has a runtime of two hours and one minute. It stars Tom Cruise, Bill Nye, not the science guy, Tom Wilkinson, (laughs) and a variety of other people. Those are the most important ones, though. The Netflix synopsis is as follows. After being wounded in World War II, a disillusioned Nazi colonel hatches a daring plan to create a shadow government and assassinate Adolf Hitler. Also worth noting, this is PG-13. I don't think there's any real bad language in it. Not a whole lot of blood or violence. And there's some violence in it, but it's not like graphic, super graphic. And is directed by Brian Singer, who has done many, many, many great things. Usual Suspects. Ever seen that one? Such a good movie. It's got Kevin Spacey in it, but this it's is usually how it goes. It's still a great movie. I do believe Brian Singer is responsible for many, if not all, of the X Men movies. Also, I believe it was co produced by Christopher McQuarrie, who was also a fan of Tom Cruise, because he is the one that did. Jeez, uh, I can't remember. Uh, Jack Reacher. I believe he did the Jack Reacher movies, which Mac probably has no interest in because they have Tom Cruise. True. Anyways. Real quick, apologies to Mac. I may uh, things got a little bit heated last week after uh, <laughs> after Tucker and Dale. I may or may not have used the two guys Twitter account to slightly troll him and call him a youngster. Some gifts were sent, some screenshots were taken, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just just like to say, I'm sorry. It's okay. And also, I don't like Neil deGrasse Tyson. But I do like the the gift that you sent of Neil deGrasse Tyson rolling his eyes. It made me laugh. I don't even know anything about him. I just <laughs> he's a he's like an astrophysicist. Physicist. Okay. He, he knows like space stuff. And if you get anything wrong, he he he's sure to let you know. He's kind of he's kind of a jerk. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Anyways, let's get on with the show. Mac, what are you know what? Actually, before we get too far into the show, I I thought of a fun game to play. 
real quick. Some Russian roulette? No, no. That would be terrible for an audio format. (laughs) (laughs) That would. I've been listening to a lot of of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Mm -hmm. and he talks a lot about how he got his start in improv, and then uh, every once in a while, Liz and I listen to a show called Hey Riddle Riddle, where they do a lot of improv and like they do like a lot of like setting up scenes and then like there's three hosts and one person usually sets up a scene and then the other two will usually take it and do funny things. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got to thinking I could do improv. I can do that. Certainly I can do that. People tell me I'm kind of a funny guy. So I hey. thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought of this game. All right. It's called. Tyler tries to do impressions, but can he do it? Do they work? Do they not work? Do they even make sense? Mac tells us what he thinks and why. You ready for the easy acronym? Super easy. You'll remember it in a heartbeat. I promise. It is T-T-T-D-I-B-C-H-D-I-D-T-W-D-T-N-W-D-T-E-M-S-M-T-U-W-H-T-A-W exclamation point so also my password for for all my stuff i'm kidding that's not my password for all my stuff <laughs> just some of it. <laughs> it should be the password for all my stuff it's pretty complicated all right anyways so here's the here's the game okay <laughs> can't wait it's pretty explanatory in the title i think that i am pretty awesome at doing some pretty bitchin impressions as as witnessed in uh, Gone Baby Gone and maybe in Pottersville where I do the awesome Bastin impression. and uh, It's not Boston. It's Australian. Yeah, sometimes it's Australian. It just depends. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, Mac, I want you. You think of any nationality other than American because clearly I can talk American. I'm doing it most of my life. And then you give me an occupation, like car salesman or, I don't know, chef or I don't, any occupation you want. doesn't matter. Okay. So any nationality, any occupation, I'm going to do a spot-on impression of that nationality in that occupation. And then you, you tell me, yes, it does work. No, it doesn't work. Or... It doesn't even make sense, and here's why it doesn't make sense, okay? Okay. Right. Anything. Anything. Okay. It has to be a real language, though. I mean, it has to be a real language. <laughs> it can't be like webding yeah, or something. Yeah, it can't be like, can't be like I don't know, like, like Martian or something. Okay. We'll do Sudanese. Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. I did say any. Okay. Sudanese Walmart Greek person sudanese walmart greeter okay the occupation is pretty simple i think i can get i think i can get this i think i can get this voice down okay You're, i don't even know what a sudanese person well, sounds like even better even better because if i don't get it right you won't even know okay i think you'll know though God damn. here we go welcome to walmart have a good day do you need a shopping cart how's that that was horrible it was horrible Okay, fair enough. Why was it horrible, though? Because that's not how they sound like. 
How do you know? You just said you don't know what they sound like. I mean, I don't know what they, like, I don't know how they talk. I've heard people that are Sudanese <laughs> talk, but I don't know their language <laughs> necessarily. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Mac doesn't think I can do a Sudanese, Sudanese accent, but that's okay. I think I nailed it. Spot on. <laughs> All right. And anyways, anyways, enough of that. Clearly, I'm not cut out for, uh, I'm not cut out for the, the improv life. That's true. That's true. Anyways. Okay. Enough of, enough of that silliness, everybody. Let's get, let's get on with the show. This is Mac's pick. As always, we'll go ahead and start with Mac. What are your general thoughts on Valkyrie? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise. I just, I can't stress that enough. <laughs> I, I just want to start out with that. For starters, as far as the movie goes itself, I think it uh, it depicts very well on what happened, the events that happened in the movie. Because, I mean, it's based on true events. I mean, the whole assassination of Hitler. It's not a spoiler. I was trying to think because it <laughs> says it in the, <laughs> in the little uh, synopsis. There you go. <laughs> um, like I've told you before, time and time again, World War Two. Is probably the greatest war. <laughs> it fascinates me so much because there's so many things that happen. <laughs> I will say that, you know, Tom Cruise did all right in this movie. There's a lot of familiar faces. I mean, I can't think of the actors' names, but when I, it's one of those things where, you know, when you see him, like, oh, it's that guy from yeah. that movie. Overall, I'd probably give it like a, for me, give it a, a seven. Okay. I'll give it a seven. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Here's the thing. <laughs> I like Tom Cruise. I'm a pretty big Tom Cruise fan. Okay. I like uh I haven't seen all the Mission Impossible movies. I think I don't think I've seen the last two. But I do love like the first four of them. I even I'm I'm not particularly proud to say it, but I do even kind of enjoy Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire, which was a cheesy, crappy romantic comedy. Okay. Like back in the 90s. It's not a great movie, but something about it I do enjoy. <laughs> and I do kind of like the Jack Reacher movies too. I will say this. Tom Cruise, he doesn't nail it all the time. He's had some he's had some failures. Like uh Tropic Thunder. Uh, God, I always forget that he was in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Yeah, like Tropic Thunder or um, oh, what, uh, The Mummy. I did not see The Mummy, mm. but I had no interest in The Mummy. And from what I have heard, that was a terrible movie. Not necessarily because of Tom Cruise, but I'm, I imagine he certainly didn't help it. Right. <laughs> so, yes, I like Tom Cruise. I'm not, I'm, I'm like the opposite of Mac. I like Tom Cruise. I'm not super big on, on World War II. I don't like dislike World War II things. Most wars in general, whether it's whether it's uh, Civil War, World War One, Two, even like modern wars, war movies just generally aren't my thing. Usually, when I watch them, I get to the end of it, I'm like, yeah, that really wasn't terrible. But I never, I very rarely want to go back to watch them again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is kind of a war movie that doesn't have like a lot of war in it. It's mostly like it's kind of. I feel like there's parts of it that feel like it's kind of a heist and and which is cool because I love me a good heist movie. 
you know, you take that for what it's worth. Like I said, it's not a whole lot of war in it. Yeah, there's not like a whole bunch of gunfire <laughs> and battle and stuff like that. It's more of like a a mastermind type. Yeah. Yeah, I think the most action you see is probably in like the first five minutes. Yeah. And we'll get to that in the spoilers. That's not always a bad thing. Like, I mean, um, there was the, was it the, did you ever see the imitation game? Had Doctor Strange in it, Benedict Cumberbatch. And it was about, uh, it was about the guy that, that like cracked the Nazi code with like computers. <laughs> like old fashioned computers. It was an okay. It was a good movie. But even that, like, and that's like one of the ones that like I hold up pretty high. And even then, I still don't ever like have a whole lot of interest in going back to it. And that's another one of those that's like a war movie without the war. Mm-hmm. Like most of it takes place in like, in like a room where they're just trying to crack codes and stuff. Right. Do enjoy the cast here. Most of the cast. Like I said, like Max said, there's a lot of people you might not recognize their names. But you you certainly recognize him from other things. Uh, there's Bill Nye. He's usually in. I mean, he plays a lot of like epic British things. And then there's like Tom Wilkinson, who you see here and there. I thought the camera work was really good. I thought the atmosphere was pretty good. I thought like some of the tense moments weren't quite as tense as they as like they could have been. And I don't know how you would possibly fix that. There were some good tense moments in it overall. And as far as like World War II goes, it seems like it was a pretty accurate. Uh, pretty accurate depiction the costumes were really cool i if if you think nazi costumes are cool which i mean look you don't have to you just because you think long coats and cool hats are cool it doesn't make you a racist right that's true (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know like like the set pieces they shot on location a lot from what i gathered from uh, a brief my brief time in the imdb trivia section there was a lot of there was a lot of authenticity that went into it. Now here is my biggest problem. Let's go right out go go right ahead and say this. My score for this movie is a four. It just it was at a five. On my note card it says five, but the more I thought about it, the less the like the more angry I got. <laughs> Nobody in this movie one person in this entire movie, one person in this entire movie. Has a German accent. And that is Adolf Hitler. Everybody else sounds like talks in their regular voice. This is a movie that is all about Germans and Nazis. And none of them, except for one, who has like five minutes of screen time out of two hours, has a German accent. And it drove me absolutely nuts. Are we talking like subtitles like that far no no because i don't think there was no well, there was some at the beginning you heard tom cruise talking in german a little bit mm-hmm. and then he stops talking in german and starts talking like tom cruise which is distinctly american <laughs> true Welcome back to Two Guys, a movie and a podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care. And as always, I'm Malcolm. You can call me Mac, but I don't really care. This week we're talking about Blue Ruin. This comes to us all the way from 2013. It has a runtime of one hour, 
and 30 minutes. An IMDb score of 7.1, that's out of roughly 58,000 ratings. A Metacritic score of 77, and that is out of 33 reviews. Bad news from the past unhinges vagabond Dwight Evans, sending him on a mission of bloody retribution that takes him to his childhood hometown. This stars Macon Blair, Devin Ratray, Amy Hargraves, and is directed by Jeremy Saulnier, or Saulnier. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce his last name, but I will happily butcher it. He had a foreign-sounding name. We've been through the uh, American racist stuff on on my part last week, so. All right. Mac, what are your thoughts on this movie? Well, for once, it was like I expected. (laughs) <laughs> T told me it was like No Country for Old Men and while watching I was like well you know he's right it's kind of like No Country for Old Men no but I thought I thought it was a really good movie um, to me it seemed I wouldn't say it was extremely susp- suspenseful but it definitely had a, the suspense aspect to it there were a lot of good parts in that I'll discuss in the spoiler cast um, overall I'd I get it. I was going to. I was debating with myself. <laughs> I was like, well, that's too high, but that's too low. I'm going to keep it at a seven. There wasn't really anything that I could point out that I disliked. It's just that, you know, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen, of <laughs> right. course. But uh, I definitely, I'll definitely keep it at a seven. I thought the actors were great. You know, camera work and stuff like that was pretty good. So, yeah. I like this movie. I like this movie a lot. I've been wanting to rewatch it for quite a while. Well, I had watched it, I don't know, probably like five years ago. And the only reason I know that I watched it five years ago was because I watched it the same night that I watched Out of the Furnace. Okay. And like the two movies like pair together very nicely. Oh, man, that's so crazy because <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking to myself the same thing. I was like, <laughs> and I'll explain what, what parts. Uh, and the spoiler cast made me feel that way, but it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I remember because wa- I remember watching this the same night that I watched Blue, uh, not Blue Room, but uh, Out of the Furnace. Because I remember going to work like a couple days later and telling one of my friends about Out of the Furnace and thinking they won't care about Blue Room. <laughs> Doesn't have anybody that they know. They're not going to care about it. Right. <laughs> and and to be fair, this movie has nobody that you know. You might recognize them from other places, like very few other places. You can go through the cast list and and check their IMDb listings and stuff. And a lot of the times, they're like one-off episodes, other little indie things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, I've been wanting to rewatch this for a while. Netflix has a, a Netflix original called Hold the Dark, which is also directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Oh, that was going to be one of my picks. Uh, I watched Hold the Dark one time. I did not care for it. Not anymore. It's not. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't mind watching it again, but uh, I didn't care for it. But it made me want to go back and watch uh, watch Blue Ruin, and Blue Ruin was no longer there. But Jeremy Saulnier also has directed a movie called Murder Party, which is also on Netflix. I saw that. Yeah. So I watched Murder Party, and I did not like that one very much either. <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, well, maybe Blue Ruin is just the only thing this guy's got for me. But he still had one more chance on Netflix, which is Green Room, 
which stars Patrick Stewart and uh, Anton Yelchin. You, you, you might know him if you saw him. I watched Green Room and absolutely loved Green Room. Okay. I remember talking to you about yeah. that. You said yeah. you liked it. Yeah. I, I love Green Room. Green Room and Blue Ruin, they both kind of go together. They both have like similar vibes. Uh, Green Room's like super violent. Like it's like far, far more violent than Blue Ruin is. I heard it was very gory. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's super gory. It's kind of like, you might like it because it's kind of like, it makes me think of the, the video game Manhunt. I do love Manhunt. I know. <laughs> That's why I think you might like Green Room. Anyways, the whole point is I had made my way through Jeremy Saulnier's uh, uh, list of list of uh, films. And when Blue Ruin showed back up on Netflix, I was pretty excited for it. And that would make for a good show. Uh, I like I like most of this movie. I give it an eight. There's there's a few things that I think could probably be better. It's kind of a slow start. I don't even think Dwight, the character Dwight, even says anything for the first twenty minutes of the movie. You you kind of see him just kind of being homeless and and uh, scavenging for food and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's fine. Like, I mean, half the point of the movie is that he's like this broken. He's this broken character, but I think there should have been more reason to actually care about him. Mm-hmm. He's he's out for revenge. I kind of wish. I don't know. I just wish I had more to care about him. And they could have done that with like some flashbacks here and there. I mean, because like a, a good portion of the movie is a mystery. You know, you you know that you kind of get an idea of why he's going, why he's seeking revenge. But you don't actually find out the full reason until like the third act, like the like it's pretty close to the ending of the movie mm-hmm. when you find out what what really happens or why he's you know, what really happened to make him this way. Right. Every synopsis you read for it will tell you that he's going back to his hometown to get revenge. I kind of felt like maybe they could have made his hometown feel a little more of a hometown ish. Like maybe with some memories or yeah. something. Yeah. Like you could have like a few flashbacks in, like there. Because otherwise his hometown like doesn't feel any different than where he starts out in the movie. And I'm not even entirely sure that he starts out outside of his hometown when the movie starts. I guess they don't really explain <laughs> They don't really it. explain it. He gets approached by a police officer at one point mm-hmm. and you assume that that she would I mean she's like kind of filling him in on some things so you kind of imagine he's got to be kind of at least near his hometown. And then and then of course later on they kind of mention that he's been out He's just been kind of AWOL. But that's that's more for the spoiler stuff. I like the art style. A lot of it kind of has a, a blue tint to it, as the title would suggest. And I have no idea what the title means. Like, all week long, I was like, I should really Google and see what <laughs> see what the title means. But uh, just kept neglecting it. So you guys can all go Google it if you want. <laughs> but it does have kind of a, it does kind of have like sort of a blue tone to everything. Everything's kind of dark almost sometimes too dark maybe they could just just up the brightness a little bit mm-hmm. like there were a few scenes where it's just hard to tell what the hell's going on right i'm all for movies that have low light photography there's times when you can use it and it's really effective and then there's other times when you can use it and it's just too dark like i i, I don't and i don't really know how how else to explain that but sometimes there were a few moments that i just i kind of wish i could have seen a little bit more I think the acting is pretty solid. There's not a whole lot of dialogue in it. Macon Blair, the guy that plays Dwight, Macon okay. Blair. I think he does awesome. He is easily what carries the movie. 
and he should be because he's the main character. And then there's another guy, like kind of like a scruffy little redneck guy, I believe, Jeremy Ratray. Devin Ratray. Devin, Devin Ratray. No, oh, mm-hmm. no, that's the big dude. There's like a little scruffy little uh, redneck dude. Yeah, that guy right there. Kevin Kolak? Yes, Kevin Kolak. He, that dude you just want to punch in the face too. <laughs> he's such a, he's such a, uh, uh, it's a good revenge saga. I've, I've seen a lot of movies like this where someone's just out for revenge. And I love this. I love the, the genre. But it seems like nine times out of ten, the person getting revenge is very well versed in how to go about getting revenge. Right. Like the Punisher. He's he's avenging his family's death. But he's also like a super soldier. So he knows mm. how to he's got like a military background. Usually that's kind of the case. It's usually like these people that that know how to handle themselves and handle different situations. Mm-hmm. Blue Ruin is far different. <laughs> And that Dwight, he doesn't know how to do stuff. Welcome back to Two Guys, a Movie, and a Podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched, or even worse, unnoticed. My name is Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care one way or another. As always, I'm Malcolm. Oh, well, I'm Mac. (laughs) <laughs> or Malcolm, whichever one you guys consider, is fine with me. This week, we are talking about Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, good lord. We got, we got ants in our studio. Max trying to Don't tell them they have ants brush in our them away from the laptop. Do you want ants? That's how you get ants. <laughs> are you a fan of Archer? No, I just know that. Oh. <laughs> I love Archer. That's like one of their, that's one of their running gags is... It's that's how you get ants. Anyways, this week we're talking about Kung Fu Hustle. This movie comes to us all the way from 2004. It has a runtime of one hour and I think 31 minutes. Might be 39. My notes are a little bit. 38. 38. Okay. Max got that. All right. Uh, it's got an IMDb score of 7.8. That's out of roughly 115,000 ratings. It's got a. Metacritic score of 78, that's out of 38 reviews. Well, it stars a lot of people that I probably can't pronounce their names, so I'm not even going to bother trying. It doesn't matter, because we are talking largely to a American audience, or English audience, that probably doesn't really care that much anyways. Stephen Chow. Stephen Chow, that is like a very hard name to pronounce. Bolo Yun, he's pretty famous. I, I don't watch enough Kung Fu, so I guess maybe these names would be like, would be more, more common to me had I, if I was, uh, more of a, a Kung Fu aficionado. That's Any, my specialty. <laughs> Stephen Chow is the man, though. He is also the director of this. He's the main character. Mm-hmm. Netflix synopsis is as follows. Sing a mobster in 1940s China, longs to be as cool as the formerly clad Axe Gang, a band of killers who rule Hong Kong, but can only pretend. I feel like like that's kind of a poorly worded uh, synopsis. (laughs) I do. Uh, (laughs) He wants to be a member of the Axe Gang, but he just doesn't have quite what it takes. Boom. 
I wrote that. I wrote a synopsis on the fly, one sentence long. Perfect. Yeah, it's pretty on the ball. (laughs) I suppose you're probably all sick of hearing me talk right about now. So let's go ahead and flip it on over to Mac. What are your general thoughts on Kung Fu Hustle? I love this movie. This is my Tucker versus Dale. (laughs) Tucker versus Dale? Tucker and Dale. It's the same thing. (laughs) I don't care because I didn't like it. (laughs) Fair enough. Um... No, but it's uh it's a it's a buddy movie for the most part. I mean you got uh Stephen Chow and his partner. I can't even <laughs> begin to remember his name. Yeah, that's gonna be like the hardest part of this episode. And they never say their names in the movie. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> That'll be the hardest part of the episode <laughs> is uh is is characters and stuff. I give it an eight huh? out of ten. Um I've always, I've always loved this movie. Uh, my stepdad and I, we've always. This is like one of our top ten favorite movies. <laughs> it makes me laugh a lot. I know they don't have the. I don't think they have the English dub on Netflix. No, they do not. And that kind of sucks because that made me laugh too. <laughs> <laughs> the synopsis that T gave is pretty much the the story. It's nothing deep about it. Just two dudes trying to become members of a gang, <laughs> <laughs> and you get kind of some other things away from that like pretty much a uh, two slum lords <laughs> in uh what was the name of the it's like a it was like pigsty alley yeah. or something yeah um but there's a lot of a lot of moments that i find very funny and i'll explain them more in the spoiler cast so um yeah i give it an eight awesome awesome i i give this movie a 10 I love this movie so much. I know. I'm, 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 I, I thought I would be the harshest, harsher critic of the two of us when we started, and I'm just like... That's our second 10. I'm like freewheeling with the 10s. That's like my fourth 10. I've got, I've got a whole bucket of 10s. Do you? I do. I've got uh, Perfect Day. i got Kodachrome. i got Tucker and Dale. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, let's see. And now I've got Kung Fu Hustle. I think there might be another one in there as well. Welcome back to Two Guys, a movie and a podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched, or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler, you can call me T, I don't really care one way or another. As always, I'm Malcolm, you can call me Mac, Uh, either way, it doesn't really matter. Today we're talking about Green Room, this movie comes to us all the way from 2015. It has a runtime of 1 hour and 35 minutes, has a Metacritic score of 79, that's out of 42 reviews, and currently sees a 7.0 on IMDb, that's out of roughly 89,000 ratings. It stars Anton Yelchin, Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots? (laughs) That's such a... I don't know why, but that name makes me laugh. Patrick Stewart and Aaliyah Shawcat. This is directed by Jeremy Saulnier. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm going to pronounce it Saulnier for the rest of the show, whether it's right or not. Okay. And uh, if that name sounds familiar, that might be because we recently reviewed Blue Ruin, which was also a Jeremy Saulnier joint, 
And uh, this is just his follow-up, so it was my follow-up. The synopsis is as follows. At the end of their low-budget tour, a punk band accepts a gig at an isolated rural club only to discover that their hosts are neo-Nazis. You're probably all done tired of listening to me talk. So uh I am. <laughs> <laughs> so so with that, we'll go ahead and flip it over to Mac and say what are your general thoughts on this movie? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was like the perfect amount of gore <laughs> and the way like just the way it played out. Smooth. Perfect. Ten. What? I'm giving it a ten. Holy <laughs> Oh my good lord! I did not see that coming. Yeah. <clears throat> that is, I feel good. I feel like if I stepped outside and like got hit by a bus, whoa, I would be dying pretty happy. Oh, <laughs> wow, per- wow, a ten. Yes, That's impressive. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. All right. I, I mean, think, like even, even in the scenes with like the gore. Just it the camera work to me seemed very very good. Okay, very good. Um, the acting I thought was great. Also carrying over from uh, last last episode from Blue Ruin. What's the actor's name? Main character Macon Blair. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, uh, that's right. I didn't list Macon Blair in the in the uh, cast list. Netflix doesn't have him listed as the main part of the cast because he's like the the smallest of the names. But yes, it is Macon Blair. Uh, I really did enjoy him in Blue Ruin, and um, I enjoyed him just as much in this movie. He didn't, I mean, he was in the movie, and he did play a part, but I feel like it wasn't as big of a part as Blue Ruin, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. He had a smaller role in this movie, yeah. for sure. I mean, it wasn't about him, necessarily. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, those are my thoughts. Well, Awesome. I am impressed. I I I'm speechless. It's the end of the show. I'm speechless. I don't have anything else to say. Mic, mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. All right, that is awesome. Good. I'm glad you liked it. I I'm gonna go ahead and say I started the first time I watched it because I watched it like I don't know like maybe uh, it was probably actually before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it had been like five six months ago. That's probably at a nine. I watched it again for. For the show, and I moved it down to an eight. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> and then the more I kind of started thinking about it, uh, I gotta go. I, I I pushed it back. I pushed it down to a seven. I'm going even more. Classic. I'm going to a seven. I'm sticking with a seven. I do have very specific reasons why I'm calling it a seven. Welcome back to Two Guys, a movie and a podcast, where every week we mine the cavernous depths of Netflix to find those gems that might otherwise go unwatched or even worse, unnoticed. My name's Tyler. You can call me T. I don't really care one way or another. As always, I am Malcolm. Um, You can call me Mac. Neither one. Doesn't matter. This week we are talking about District 9. This movie comes to us all the way from 2009, has a runtime of 1 hour and 52 minutes, has an IMDb rating of 
7.9, which is actually pretty high for IMDb. And that's out of 600, roughly 602,000 ratings. Has a Metacritic score of 81, which is also really favorable. And that is out of 36 reviews. It's directed by Neil Blomkamp and stars Charlotte Copley, Jason Cope, and David James. I don't know who any of those people are, but they are all in this movie. And at least Charlotte Copley is... And you see him in other things, I guess. Mac tells me you see him in Elysium. I wouldn't say he's like a... He comes in halfway through okay. until the end. Okay. We better get the synopsis out of the way because last week we did it right in the middle of the episode and it took some finagling to get it to sound even remotely natural. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just go ahead and get the synopsis out of the way. After years of segregation and forced labor... A race of stranded aliens enlists in a resistance movement spearheaded by a rogue government agent. That's an okay description. I don't know if that's the best possible description. Was he an agent, though? He was. He was like, I don't know exactly what his title was, but he was he was technically a government agent. He was like a landlord, almost. He was. He was like, <laughs> he was like for the housing department. Yeah. <laughs> he was evicting all the aliens. And I don't know as if I would really call him a rogue either at that. I mean, he kind of was, I suppose, <laughs> eventually. Like it wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like an accidental rogue. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we got plenty to talk about here tonight. Mac, what are your general thoughts on this? Um, I like it. Uh, I've I've seen it before. Um, it does remind it. It reminds me of Elysium, which came out and then came out later. Um, I believe I'm pretty yes, sure Elysium was yeah. after. Um, and I like whatever that guy's name is. Neil Blomkamp, sure, or or Charlton Coach Copley, the one that's in Elysium. Okay, that guy. But which one? <laughs> it's God. Why just make me read this? I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Because it's French, and we all know he's an American racist. That's true. Actually, I don't even know if it's French. I think he's. I think it's African. Charlotte Copley. He was born in Johannesburg, South Africa, to Linda Stocks and Bruce Copley, a former university professor. His childhood dreams of acting were put on hold for many years when his television production company was one of a few in his native South Africa. Yeah, yeah. That's an incredibly long biography. The point is, Charlotte Copley, I'm just going to call him Copley. Okay. I Copley can't pronounce Charlotte very well. It makes my mouth do weird things. Oh. <laughs> anyways, anyways, that guy. Copley. I thought he was a good actor in this movie. And I liked him in Elysium. He played more of like a like a crazed person in Elysium. Um, I guess he kind of did here, but would you consider it like a found footage movie? No. No? No. I, won't, I wouldn't consider it a found footage movie. I do have something to say about the way it was shot. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> but I don't know as if I'd call it a found footage. It is, it's shot like a document. Like half of it is shot like a documentary. Right. I didn't think like the camera work was it amazing by any means <laughs> um other than that i mean i give it like a maybe like a six really yeah fair enough but i like it <laughs> <laughs> and what is the thing is i like I, i'll watch it 
But I won't watch it like willingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you d- didn't. You did watch it willingly, though. Right. You picked it. Just, well, it's because I, I li- that was a last minute pick because I was oh. sitting here and I was scrolling <laughs> through Netflix. Well, you could have taken your time. You didn't have to answer like right then when I when you I put asked me you. on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, under pressure. Anyways, I didn't dislike it by any means, but I'll give it. I'll give it a six. Okay. Usually, when you pick things. Like your picks for you tend to be seven or higher. You don't usually pick something that's <laughs> lower than a seven. As a maybe, uh, maybe Jane Doe, I think might have been a six. I don't remember for sure. Yeah, it wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, yeah, that's it's a fair score. I personally give it a seven. Wow. Yeah. Did you? Were you expecting higher or I was lower? Expecting lower. Really? Yes. Okay. First time I watched it, I absolutely loved it. That was probably back in 2009. Didn't notice a lot of the things then that I noticed this time around that just drive me nuts. (laughs) Whew! That's a lot of movies and a lot of thoughts. We hope you enjoyed this show, and if you're listening to me right now, eh, thanks for sticking around to the end. The next clip show will be dropping Friday, January 10th. And just a reminder... Red Sea Diving Resort is on its way, dropping Wednesday, January 15th, 2020. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find all our info at www.offalldaypodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, where we are at Off All Day, and Instagram, where we are at Off All Day Podcast.